Hi, this is Lydia Scott from the Chicago Region Trees Initiative. You're listening to 1590 and 95.9 WCGO Chicago Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. I meant what kind of flower do you want? I, I'm not familiar with flowers. I sell Basque. <laughs> So you're a cook. Mushroom oh. bisque, eggplant bisque, Dr. Pepper bisque, uh, lobster bisque. You should try it. World famous lobster bisque. I will have to do that. Uh, yeah. Why don't we help you find a flower? Ah, yes. Um, so I need something that says, hey, baby. Who is your dreamboat? Oh, wait, I found him. It's me. (laughs) Do you guys have that one? It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Green, gardening, and environment radio. Flavored with a dash of humor. Welcome to intelligent, irreverent talk about plants and the planet they grow on. Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome at 877-711-5611. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine will good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Jet streams, perfect air. And here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Nova. Good planets are Yes, they are. Oh, yeah. And welcome to the show. Boy, we got our new headset things, thingies, thingy, thingy doodles here. Yeah. Uh, Official radio thingy doodle stuff. Thingy doodle? uh, Whatever. Yeah, that's, that's, uh. Whatchamacallit. Technical talk. Yeah. The doodad. Yeah. Doodads. Doodads. Thingy doodads. Uh, and uh, we've got a, a fantastic show for you today because this is the holiday weekend for those of you listening live. Uh, for those, otherwise of you, it was the holiday. It weekend. was the holiday. Yeah, but no, but every weekend's a holiday. You know, I have we have folks all the time uh, when we invite them to be on the show, Peggy and I do, and they say, "Well, that's a Sunday. Um, I'm going to have because we do our show live on Sundays, and some of you hear it on Saturdays, and some of you hear it on other days." And we always do it live on Sunday morning in Chicago. And and uh, what was that? Was that you? Just keep talking. <laughs> Carry on. Carry on. It was the doodad. Oh, the doodad was 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 <laughs> acting up. Well, I finally got Facebook to show up on my computer. It finally loaded. Oh, isn't that lovely? Yes. And and hi to all our Facebook friends out there. How you doing? So uh, yes, and you can go to the Mike Novak Show on Facebook and watch us live. The Mike Novak Show on Facebook. M I K E N O W A K, and uh, watch us uh, live or watch us. 
the video from the show. If you want to ever see what we're doing standing, and we all stand during the show. Mm-hmm. We make our guests stand. Our, our guest here, David J. Zaber, is standing because we will not allow people to Actually, we do. If, if you want to sit, you can sit. you got a chair right there. Well, I got a Fitbit, so I'm using this to yeah, there get you my go. steps okay, just, in this just morning. Keep, just, just keep stand working. Here. That's right, because you're on the radio. You, you'd be out doing something healthy. Uh, but getting back to uh, the show on Sundays, and, and we invite people to the show, and they say, well, I've got family, and it's going to be a holiday, and I don't know if I, you know, and this is people who spent the last two years working on their book, but can't break away for 15 minutes to do an interview on, on the show. Hey, it's, you folks. It's the holiday. Hey, you folks, it's the holiday. Guess what? Every Sunday's a freaking holiday. That's especially the, on this show. Especially on this show, because we just... We have a good time here, even when we're talking about deadly, serious stuff like we are today, and that's chemicals. This is the first, and I hope it's a series. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Uh, David J. Zaber is here. He's an old friend of the show. Uh, Not that he's old, but that he's a friend of the show. Both. Both. Okay. I'm old, so maybe you're old, too. And um, he's... uh, He's a smart guy, okay? He's he's done a lot of this stuff, uh, and and I don't have okay, and I and I didn't have it in front of me because I want to I want to make sure if I'm introducing mm-hmm. David correctly. Oh, have you got where's, mm-hmm. where's mine? Where's my cheat sheet? Right there. It's it's right here. Resource ecologist, science educator, background and experience in freshwater ecology and natural resource management, environment and human health risk assessment, pesticide and hazardous substance toxicology, environmental monitoring, monitoring and agriculture biosecurity slash emergency response. You can breathe now. <sighs> Which means he's way overqualified for this show. Oh, hardly. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he's here to do Garden Chemicals 101, which is something I've wanted to do for a long time. And David finally said, yeah, let's let's do this. Let's come in. So he's going to explain to you the stuff you're using in your backyard. And let's face it, all of you get pitched. All, all you got to do is watch a sports uh, TV show, a sporting competition on television, and you're going to get pitched to death by the chemical companies who want you to buy their stuff because you need to have it. you got a dandelion grown in a crack in the sidewalk. You're a loser if you don't use our chemical to get rid of it. Well, we're going to talk about that and see whether that's true. And David is going to walk us through uh, a lot of that and talk about some specific chemicals so you know what we're talking about. And then we'll discuss the merits, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So that's all on today's show, the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, Garden Chemicals 101. Stick around. The fish are back, and we're live streaming June 22nd from the annual MPKS Koi and Trade Show at the Max in McCook, Illinois. The show is June 21st to 23rd. Learn from the pros, including the water mopes, Dr. Passavoy and his water quality team at the Midwest Pond and Koi Society. Exhibits and seminars are free. Their 2019 Garden and Pond Tour is at the end of July, covering the entire Chicago area. Go to mpks.org. This is Peggy, and I publish Natural Awakening Chicago magazine. And for the past eight years, we've been helping Chicagoans to lead healthier and more sustainable lives. Pick up a copy of Natural Awakenings each month and enjoy new information about health and wellness, local foods, raising healthy kids, helping our environment, and living a more sustainable life. 
Get your free copy of Natural Awakenings in more than 1,100 locations throughout city and suburbs or visit us at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. Farm Forward is a team of people just like you helping to change the way our world eats and farms to promote conscientious food choices, reduce farmed animal suffering, and advance sustainable agriculture. We are changing policy, changing farming, and changing the story we tell about animal agriculture. Farm Forward is shaping the future of food with a twin focus on animal welfare certification and reducing the consumption of animal products. We are changing farming by working with farmers to build alternatives to the factory farm and developing food systems that put animals, farmers, and communities first. To learn more about Farm Forward's work to end animal suffering and advance sustainable agriculture, head to www.farmforward.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter to receive the latest news about how we're transforming our food system and what you can do to help. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Farm Forward. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki and... Kind of a jazzed-up version of that song. That is by Mir Bisdushane, and that's by some friends of mine and Kathleen, Judy Handler and Mark Levesque, and that's cool. a, and this is a, a song that's not going to get zapped by Mark Zuckerberg, so... <laughs> don't poke the bear. Be very, very quiet. <laughs> don't poke the bear in the t-shirt. Okay, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show. As I said, with Peggy Malecki and David J. Zaber. And welcome to the he first. Gets a ding. Yeah, Garden Chemicals Yay. 101. Oh, yeah, you'll get a lot of dings today, probably. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I will. Uh, so tell us a little bit about you. I've known you for a long time. You started listening uh, to the show back when I was at uh, Progresso Radio down the dial. Um, but you were up in Wisconsin. Uh, at the time, uh, did, you, did you stream it? Were you, how were you catching the signal there? You know, we could, when it, you were at the big station, every so often. That was could, a moderately big station. When I was at the really big station was 10 years ago. And that's but, when you could hear you everywhere. Right, exactly, including Alaska and Sweden, you know, when I was at uh, Gargantua Radio down the dial. Well, I also, will t- so I was able to stream you up in Madison. And um, when I went to Africa to work occasionally, I was able to actually listen to you on TuneIn Radio. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So you were listening in Africa yeah. to the show. That, right. And, in fact, I had sent a, a, a request about how to deal with some issue there, and I think you had responded. Mm-hmm. So we've been lo- I've been listening for a long time. Mike. Yeah. And, and, I, and let me say, you can still listen to the show on TuneIn Radio. You can. Yep. And Absolutely. you can get it on Apple Podcasts, and you can get it on Stitcher, although i got to get it up to date on Stitcher. <laughs> Well, it's one of the few shows that um, I think covers a whole range of issues, the mm-hmm. the real serious issues like we're talking today. And not that they're not serious, but the the the, the beauty and pleasure of gardening. Uh, you get the whole thing, and that's why I love the show. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And, uh, yeah, we've had David on, and we talked about his trips to, to Africa. And some of the work you were doing there was helping people grow stuff and with their water quality, right? It was with a farmer-to-farmer program through USAID, Agency for International Development. So uh, did help develop water quality monitoring in Angola, uh, risk assessment on coffee waste in Ethiopia, pesticide um, 
good good agricultural practices, pesticide use in Tanzania, and um, the Leather Development Council in Kenya, surprisingly, working with leather, uh, the hand artisans that are using leather and making shoes and everything like that. Wow. Uh, any plans to go back at this point? I would love to. I have no plans right now, but um, I'm, my my plate's getting pretty full. <laughs> I'll bet you are. You've been on the south side of Chicago now for a couple of years, right? That's right. I came back to take care of my uh, elderly parents, and um, back where I grew up, uh, it's changed, some for the worse, some for the better, but uh, we still have the same issues. Yeah, and, and if it's hard to explain this to people who don't live in the Chicago area. But the south side of Chicago, and I mean it broadly, not just in the city of Chicago, but stretching into the suburbs Mm -hmm. south of the city, is quite unlike anything from the city north. I don't know how how that happened, but the development was different. There was a lot more industry on the south side, and I think that sort of set the tone for things down there, don't you? It did, and uh, I mean, part of this, the that sort of dichotomy between the north and the south part of Chicago and the Chicago region started back in the 1800s where, you know, with haymarket riots and things like that. And the industry uh, was focused on the south side, became the second largest concentration of industry in the world for a period of time. Um, You know, and they actually created land by dumping steel slag in the wetlands and Hegwish. That, that was the way we created land back in those That's days. That's right. The, yeah. the town of Hegwish is built all on steel slag. Hmm. Uh-huh. So, you know, the whole area has... Well, somebody a, doesn't and, know what steel slag is. The waste from producing steel that then they dumped in the wetlands and then took the pickle liquor or the quenching liquor that they take the hot ingots and cool, which is highly contaminated. They pour that on top to cool those slag piles. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But that's, you know, probably the least of it. I mean, we still... The whole area has a legacy of contamination. They just had about 35 um, mute swans poisoned acutely by lead in Lake George and Hammond. Wow. Um, oh, yeah. There's a lot of issues there. And that doesn't include all the issues affecting the people, which, of course, is the most important. But that being said... Uh, it's an area full of promise as well, and there's a lot of restoration going on. You A few weeks ago, I went down there, and Dave took me on a, a mini-tour uh, for a few hours, and we visited some of the Forest Preserve sites and some of the other sites there to see what's going on. And there's there's uh, uh, wetland restoration, and there's burning in the Forest Preserves, which is releasing the ephemerals. Uh, and so, and you can cross the road. You see, on one side, they did a burn this past spring, and the ephemerals are all coming up. And you go across the road, and you've got lesser celandine that's like a carpet that is smothering everything. So you've got the sublime to the ridiculous within uh, a stone's throw. That's that's right. And you know, you you mentioned um, there's a lot of opportunity for restoration. This was one of the most biologically diverse areas of North America. Mm-hmm. A whole host of ecotones, or where these ecosystems kind of met, um, is in that area. And so there were remnant populations of lots of things. Um, some of these industrial sites that didn't have the development had natural areas. Now many of those are being protected and preserved and restored in, this, uh, in the Calumet Initiative through the city and the region. And so mm-hmm. it's, there's a lot of hope there. And yeah. And we need that in a time where the overwhelming news that people get is of uh, negative 
impacts, negative environmental issues. So you come to these areas that are being restored, like Bartell grassland, mm -hmm. and with the burning and with the restoration like over the- Like Link Meadow. It is now the second con highest concentration of bobolinks, a state endangered species mm. in Illinois. Really positive, measurable results when we take the right steps. So- you're just to tell you now you're going to take our crew down there and you're going to do a tour we're going to bring ellie and and what's her name here peggy and kathleen sitting outside there andrew you we can, can come bring in. andrew along andrew you absolutely can you got to be part of that as well and we'll do a tour all right but that's not what we're talking about no. I, I do that as kind of an introduction because this is the kind of work that you've done you helped defeat a a a, a gas-fueled power plant on the south side just within the last couple of months, which is an amazing thing. We're not going to go into that. Uh, we're going to talk about your backyard, if you're listening to this show, and the stuff that you put uh, in your backyard to treat insects. Uh, it's it's not a treat for insects. <laughs> it kills them uh, often. Uh, and 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 weeds and the stuff that you see on TV and you see in the magazines. So that you can have a nice, green, shiny lawn. That's right. A per no, no. Not just a nice, green, shiny lawn, but a perfect lawn. Urgh, perfect. We must have a perfect lawn. So um, let's start with the origins, not the oranges, but the <laughs> origins of pesticide use in America, which to a great degree comes out of World War II, doesn't it? Well, you know, it does, Mike. And uh, prior to World War II, the, the main class of, uh, of insecticides would be things like Bordeaux mixtures, uh, lime sulfur and mm -hmm. powders that um, were easy to manufacture mm -hmm. and, and they knew about those. Then in um, prior to World War II, uh, the Nazis actually began to develop a class of chemicals for chemical weapons called organophosphates. And by the end of the war, they were producing about 1,000 pounds of Soman and Taboon, two of the chemicals, their nerve agents. Mm -hmm. And um, they didn't use them because the Nazis thought that we also had them. But ah. what we had was DDT. Okay. And DDT was very important at that period of time. It was invented back in like the 1860s uh, and then never used. And um, finally they saw the insecticidal properties. And in World War II, we were losing more soldiers in, in the Pacific theater to malaria than to the, uh, to the Japanese. Mm -hmm. it, spraying and powdering people with DDT controlled typhus and a whole host of things. And the, the, Mosquitoes that cause malaria or that transmit malaria. So there was a real benefit to that, and, and it was important. What happened, though, was uh, DDT, we got, began to see it was destabilizing the ecosystem, building up in the food web. And that is a characteristic, that persistence in the environment, long-lasting, and the ability to build up in fat. So from the concentration in water, let's say in Lake Michigan, to the concentration in a gull's egg or um, a bald eagle egg mm -hmm. can be 10 million or more times higher because each time one organism eats the other, that chemical builds up. Why doesn't it degrade? It doesn't degrade because of the presence of chlorine. Chlorine on molecules. And is, this, uh, and is DDT an organophosphate? It's, it's not. It's an organochlorine. Ah, so here's okay. what's happening. The Nazis are developing organophosphates, extremely acutely toxic, meaning 
You take some, put it on your lip or skin, and you die quickly. DDT and some of the other what we'd call organochlorines began to be used before the, the, the chemical weapons were put into the pesticide use. Um, they were used because they were less acutely toxic. So I've made DDT when I work with Dr. Robert Metcalf at the University of Illinois. You can make it in a, in a bathtub. It's super cheap. You could drink it and not die. Not that it won't kill you later, and I don't <laughs> recommend that. Um, but the bottom line was we thought we were getting chemicals that were less acutely toxic to humans and mammals with this group called the organochlorines, DDT, chlordane, which was used for termites, endrin, aldrin, dieldrin, heptachlor. These were the nastiest chemicals out there. They persisted for long periods of time. They still are found in the soil and their metabolites in farm fields. We still have problems in the Great Lakes of these chemicals just recirculating. And so with those problems and the fact that these chemicals were building up in the food web, building up in humans, uh, there was a move to replace those with the organophosphates. So here comes this Mm -hmm. other group of chemicals, Mm -hmm. things like um, chlorpyrifos and phenytrothion. And these are uh, chemicals that interact with the nervous system in a way that makes the nerves so um, firing so quickly that you go into a convulsive death. And that's, and, the, and that's what you did to insects. And that's what you do. And so a lot of times when you see, uh, you know, they used to And chlorpyrifos is in the news right now because it was just banned in the state of California and the state of New York. And mm-hmm. Hawaii did it earlier. Right. There's very little reason to use these highly acutely toxic chemicals. California did the right thing. The United States was going, the, the U.S. federal government mm-hmm. was going to ban those because the Fish and Wildlife Service found that they were causing terrible problems with a whole host of organisms. Dow gave a million dollars to the Trump inaugural committee, and that decision was reversed in Washington. So what California is doing is leading the way to ban one of the most potent remaining neurotoxic chemicals out there, causing problems in children, in farm workers, pesticide residues, pesticide drift, and Hopefully, that move by California, because it's such a big economy, will have ripple effects across the country. This is interesting because uh, in some way, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, this is our, the World War II legacy lives on here in 2019 with chlorpyrifos, uh, which is, may finally be banned, but that, that stretches all the way back to the war. It does. And, um, and the reason that we've tried to the minimize the use of those is because of how toxic they are to all organisms. Mm-hmm. These are general biocides. They kill everything from nematodes to humans in the exact same mechanism. So general, they can kill humans too, obviously. Oh, people die all the time. People use them for suicide. Um, oh, and do they? I had not. In other, I did not in know foreign that. countries. Absolutely. They're, and because they're so... Um, because they're so toxic. So what, what makes us think that we can use it with impunity on our crops? Well, we can't. And so what makes us think that is marketing and, um, and a whole host of efforts to continue to use these chemicals because there's groups and entities that make a lot of money on them. They're cheap to make. Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to get that. That takes us to the realm. It's sort of a jumping off point because 
backyard gardeners are not using chlorpyrifos. No. Right? They used to use diazinon for ants. Exactly. And that got banned. And that's a problem, especially the, the pelleted diazinon, which mm-hmm. was killing so many of the wildlife, uh, so many birds on golf courses. Um, and so what happened now, so the organophosphates have moved away. Uh, they, and the carbamates, another class that does the same thing, have become less prominent. Um, and what was replacing them were the pyrethroids, the synthetic pyrethroids. All right. I tell you what, hold that thought. We got to take a break. We'll come back with uh, David J. Zaber and our uh, Garden Chemicals 101. We're going to take it into the backyard here and the stuff mm-hmm. that you might be using. But got a minute for your trees? Bartlett Tree Experts has some bad news. Speaking of insects, about ticks. A winter of insulating snow followed by a wet spring is perfect weather for ticks. Ticks eggs, uh, tick eggs hatch in mid-May, right about now. Uh, newly hatched ticks called nymphs are much smaller, about the size of a pinhead, but are still capable of biting and carrying pathogens such as Lyme disease. Bartlett Tree Experts can help you set up your landscape so that it's less attractive to these lovely creatures. Nymphs are present in leaf litter in natural woodland areas, but will also survive well in dense landscape beds and other shaded areas of the landscape. Deer ticks seldom survive long in sunny locations, such as open lawn. Hey, lawn has a good use, finally. Um, creating a mulch band between natural areas and lawn and other landscape areas reduces tick habitat. Pruning low branches can increase sunlight penetration to turf and landscape beds and so help deter ticks. And don't forget to check yourself and your pets for ticks if you're in their habitat. For more information, give Bartlett Tree Experts a call because every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. We're doing our Garden Chemicals 101. We'll have more of that on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki when we come back. Want to put more life into your backyard soil? The folks at Blazing Star Nursery were amazed at how biologicals from a company called Tinyo helped transform a barren former cornfield to a vibrant native landscape. Now they recommend those products to home gardeners. Tinyo's microbial, mycorrhizal fungi and enzymes can be used on all types of crops to improve plant health and overall production. Go to blazing-star.com and while you're there, check out their pollinator packets. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at Mike Now. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, Mike at MikeNovak.net. We're also at TheGreenDivas.com and on the Gab Radio Network. Podcasts and blog posts are available every week at MikeNovak.net. Sign up for posts in our newsletter on the homepage and support the sponsors who support us. Look for their logos and specials at MikeNovak.net. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. And, of course, uh, everybody knows that this is Blues-A-Rama, Volume 5. Of course. Uh, no, isn't yep. that Volume 6? Uh, nope, it's Volume 5. Oh. Uh, see? There you, go. you probably don't have this one, Volume 5, so we got to put that in there. We're uh, having our, our session. By the way, get your blue books 
out, and uh, there will be a quiz. There will be. At the end of the hour, uh, David Zaber will be uh, presiding over that. <laughs> and, uh, boy, I, you know, wow. I, I have said that over the years in Garden Talks. I said, get out your blue books, and people look at me with blank stares. and like, don't they use blue books in school anymore? It, the, I uh, thought Ellie's they shaking did. her head. She says, yes, they do. Yeah? Okay, Although Ellie. Andrew, who's... Yeah, you, you're not in college yet, though. That was a college thing. It wasn't a high school thing. Yeah. So, um, Every once in a while, we use them. Uh, a blue book? Yeah, okay. like more like standardized tests. It's always handwritten. And also for like end of the year tests, we have to write it. All right, well, okay. So, so, <laughs> so, so is this going to be an essay exam then? No, this will just be true-false. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh, I like Multiple it. Multiple guess, pick and lose? Uh, it's All an right. easy one. Okay. So we were talking uh, when we broke about... Uh, the the class of chemicals that came out of World War II, organophosphates and organochlorides, uh, that were probably, you weren't probably going to use in your backyard, but it gave rise to other classes that you started to mention. So let's talk about that. And you wanted to get into pyrethroids. Right. So we've moved into the 70s and 80s mm-hmm. where we're trying to reduce the acute toxicity to animals and humans. And a whole class of chemicals called the synthetic pyrethroids are brought online. They come from Africa, well, originally a plant in Africa, uh, a chrysanthemum. Hmm. And uh, they used to sprinkle the chrysanthemum flower petals dried on beds for bed bug control and other control. So they saw that there was a chemical in there and structurally changed those chemically to create a... Um, a whole class of chemicals that were much less acutely toxic called the pyrethroids. Right. And there's a natural, the natural version is, there's, is, is, is pyrethrum. Pyrethrum. And this is, con- which confuses people a That's lot. That's right. Because pyrethrum, R-U-M, and then pyrethroids are different things. So what the chemical companies did and pesticide companies is they took that pyrethrum and added chlorine or cyanide molecules and <clears throat> all these different chemicals or, or, uh, or atoms to make those chemicals more toxic and to last longer. In fact, doing the exact opposite of what that natural product was doing. Kill the well, bugs and go away. That's uh, what we want. That's the way mm-hmm. it worked uh, that's right. in nature. That's right. And so what now we have this whole class of chemicals and these are you could say we'll get when we get to Roundup uh that the same thing happened with that. That's right. With that chemical because originally it was it's it's we're going to put it on and it's not going to persist and then they started adding chemicals that would make it last longer and longer and longer and then suddenly there were a dozen different kinds of Roundups and you didn't know what you were buying in the store most of the time. That's right. There's a whole host of what they call inert ingredients which mm-hmm. can often be toxic that they have very little information on. Yeah. But back to the pyrethroids. So sorry. we're using those. They're very very toxic to aquatic organisms. Half a part per billion for a lethal concentration to some of these test organisms at the base of the food web. But they did do their job. What we saw then was because of the way we use these chemicals and nature, we see an evolution of pesticide resistance. Back in the early 50s, you had maybe a dozen to 20 different chemical, uh, insect species that were resistant. Now you have hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of insect species that are resistant, in some cases, to all five major classes of insecticide. Wow. So that's why you see often um, the malaria resurgent. You mm-hmm. have a group in this country, traced back to Dixie Lee Ray, former governor of Washington, saying how bad it was that they banned DDT 
and it killed millions of people with malaria because he couldn't control the, the insects. Bottom line, utterly false. It simply doesn't work anymore. So DDT didn't work, and now they use the pyrethroids. They are often, within a few months, showing resistance. We see resistance to these chemicals in New Mexico right now to the, wet, to the yellow fever in, uh, uh, mosquito. So we've got that group. We also have all the herbicides. So on your lawn, what they'll do is they'll treat it. They'll do the fertilizer first, and then they'll treat it with a weed killer. You know, oh, it's safe. It's safe. These are weed killers that we know are associated with things like non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, the 2,4-D, the, mm-hmm. the chemicals that make the plants grow themselves to death. So when you see a, a yard sprayed with 2,4-D, um, you see those dandelions become like double stems and all convoluted. Mm-hmm. And what a plant does when it senses it's dying is put those seeds out. So you spray this on. They want to reproduce before they die, so they throw their seeds out. And these chemicals, that 2,4-D was half of Agent Orange. The other half you can't ever get anymore. Right, they they banned a 2,4-5-T. Because it was always contaminated with dioxin, a Mm -hmm. super toxic chemical. Let's let's stop here for a second because I just want to make sure people understand what you're talking about. So when you go to the store and you buy something called weed and feed, weed weed and feed, uh, uh, I call it uh, poison and synthetic fertility, basically. So that's what you're getting. All right. Just be aware of that. It's not cute. Uh, I asked at a, a garden talk once. I said, why do they call it weed and feed? And a guy raised his hand. And uh, I said, yes. And he said, because it rhymes. And I said, you're right. And people remember it. It's like right. like feed. other brands. Yeah. You know? It just becomes part of the conversation. It uh, does. So, And it's, it sounds like it starts a whole loop, too. Well, there's a reason that uh, the chem lawns and those companies have pictures of dogs playing on lawns and orca whales and how safe these chemicals are. There's a reason for that. It's marketing. Mm-hmm. So we, you, so when you're buying this product, uh, Weed and Feed, and by the way, if you, uh, you, you gave us some great websites there that you like, and it turns out I like those websites too, and I follow them for years, like Beyond Pesticides. Okay? Beyond Pesticides has, uh, and I put some links from Beyond Pesticides on my blog, MikeNovak.net, uh, and one of them talks about the 30 different chemicals used in Weed and Feed. Did you know that there were 30 different chemicals, active chemicals used in your lawn products? Most of you probably don't know that. Most of you probably don't even know what 2,4-D is because it doesn't have a catchy name right? Uh, like Roundup. It doesn't have that because it's part of this larger effort to market weed and feed. So 2,4-D is this product that is a broadleaf weed killer. Uh, 2,4-5-T, which we talked about, was a woody weed mm-hmm. k- uh, killer and when you combine them they would kill everything which is why That's it right. was created yeah. for agent orange uh, in vietnam the problem as you said was dioxin for the 245t you right. can't get right. it out of there and so um and dioxin is one of those chemicals that builds up in the food web so you have um, a, a a brew of chemicals that are being marketed to the homeowner who often doesn't even have the time to look these up or they won't be given the right information. They don't read uh, the labels. And even if they do, sometimes these labels are so um, complicated that and it's... and six point type, if that. Oh yeah, you've got to have a, a you magnifying peel the thing glass. Back and, yeah. that, that's exactly right. And 
um, and it doesn't give you a lot of the information on the toxicity. So what people are getting now, you know, 35, 40 years ago, the lawn companies, the, the seed companies would have a mix of seeds. You'd have clover for your yard to, to fix nitrogen. You had a whole, maybe 10 different uh, plants in some of those. Chemical companies bought those lawn company, the, the lawn seed companies, and started marketing the lie to the mm-hmm. public that a water-intensive, gas-intensive, chemical-intensive monoculture is somehow healthy. But humans respond to status and power. And what they marketed is that you are really a good homeowner if this perfect green weed-free lawn is there. When in reality, you're you're a good homeowner, but you might get sick. And there's a higher probability of that happening or that to your dogs or your uh, cats or your kids that Mm -hmm. use these products, these things. And also, I want to point out, the lawn care people often can be undocumented workers. They are exposed to immense quantities of these chemicals with no way to get that same with postal workers who walk across the lawn. Um, they're getting this on them as well. And guess what? If you live next door to a person who uses this, you're getting it in your house. And a study by Ohio State University showed that these chemicals persist much longer with, than we thought. If you have an open window, that's flying in the window. It's getting in the curtains. It's getting in the couch seats. And it stays there for a while. And they and showed that. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, and as we discovered last summer, probably, it's hitting tomato plants in the area. And that's probably the dicamba mm-hmm. and uh, that is volatilizing and causing millions of dollars in losses to farmers. Um, but that's exactly what's happening. And uh, uh, it's, a, it's a real problem because these chemicals are not safe chemicals. They may be reduced risk chemicals, but if they tell you they're safe, it's not. Well, you talked about, yeah, I think you, 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 you touched on endocrine disruption, and that's, right. that's a key. And the problem is we know very little about the endocrine system. Uh, we're still learning about it and, and the way these chemicals interact with it. And that's the hormone system in the body. So what these chemicals do is they interact with, like, the estrogen receptor in the body and create a whole host of uh, of non-good, unwanted effects in the hormone system, which controls all parts of the body. Right. So you're seeing these hormone mimics really cause problems. It's not just cancer, folks. It's nerve toxicity. It's organ damage. It's subtle changes in behavior. It's endocrine disruption. All of this universe of adverse effects can be associated with many of these chemicals. And remember, the testing is done single chemicals one at a time. Ah, uh, that's a really good point. I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, folks, if you if you see a test about what a chemical does, the EPA does not test chemicals that are thrown together in a bag with other chemicals. Right. So they will only test the chemical alone in a lab for what it, uh, how it responds in, in the environment, but not the mix of those chemicals. And that seems insane to me. And, and it's very difficult. Yeah, and let me give you an analogy here. It's like your doctor saying, don't worry, I'm going to give you a couple of medications. Don't worry how they interact. There, you know there won't be a mm-hmm. problem. Now imagine a doctor telling you that. It's the same thing with these chemicals, isn't it? It is exactly the same thing. So even in the Great Lakes, where Great Lakes fish, you have 125, 150 different chemicals in any given Great Lakes fish. And so when you see, well, the mercury uh, regulation says don't only eat one uh, fish a week, that doesn't include the hundred other chemical and chemical metabolites in these fish. 
So the mixture issue is very important, and that's what we want to address as well. Okay, that is a Dr. David J. Zaber, and uh, we are talking about chemicals in your backyard. When we come back, we might as well hit the glyphosate, which is might the, as well. the active ingredient <laughs> roundup. We've talked about it on this show before, and it is a very popular subject right now. Stick around for Garden Chemicals 101. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Spring is finally in the air, and the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards are taking applications for this year's garden competition. Whether your garden is in your backyard, at a school, a church, a business, a community garden, or even an urban farm, you can enter as long as the garden is in the city of Chicago. Go to chicagogardeningawards.org and fill out an application. It's free, and your plot of paradise might be recognized as one of the best in the city. That's chicagogardeningawards.org. A good day's gardening can sometimes be a bad day for your muscles and joints. Dr. Bonnie Flaster is a chiropractor who uses gentle, non-force adjustments to relieve pain. With 29 years of experience, she relies on a variety of treatments, including low-level laser, acupuncture, and gentle chiropractic. Visit her at River North Wellness Center and find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. I'm meteorologist Rick DeMaio. Bringing a lot of social science into climate change is really important. People who teach climate change now, you have to really get into how it's affecting people, how it's affecting the ability for people to cope, how it's affecting the ability of people to adapt or to mitigate. Stick around for some more insight into weather and climate and how it might be affecting you, your lives, and your garden. On WCGO 1590, Chicago's Smart Talk. My church and my country Could use a little mercy now Cause they sink into a poison pit It's gonna take forever Welcome back to the Mike Nova uh, show with uh, Peggy Malecki. And uh, speaking of poisons, uh, that's kind of what we're talking about on the on the show today with uh, David Zaber. We'll get back to that conversation. But no matter what time of day, City Grange, Chicago's newest and most unique garden center, is all about teaching folks how to grow. Learn about garden herbs and other basic plants that attract and feed honey and native bees at the Bee Buffet event on Wednesday, May 29th from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. Or join their plant boss, Joan Murray, for an early bird Q&A on Saturday, June 8th from 8 to 9 a.m. Meanwhile, they're open 9 to 5 today, 10 to 5 tomorrow, and they've got complimentary valet on weekends. That's City Grange, 5500 Northwestern Avenue at Catalpa, City Grange United We Blossom. Head on over there today. Uh, all right, before we get to, yes. We, we also have a question on oh. Twitter. Okay. Uh, uh, all right. Before we get to the question, I just re- very quickly, I want to ask, we've talked about 2,4-D in weed and feed, and, and we're telling people, really, you got to pay attention to that stuff. Me, I would never use it. I just say, I, I don't know why you use it. Uh, I'm not even a fan of synthetic fertilizer. If you want to go simply fertilizer, that's okay. Uh, there's different kinds of fertilizers. There's organic, but they're, and there's synthetic as well. And if we get it, maybe I think uh, in uh, <laughs> Garden Chemicals 102, we might get into that. <laughs> we can. Uh, but uh, 
I would say if it says weed and feed, back off. Go do something else. But mm-hmm. what? So that's me on that. What would you say about pyrethroids versus pyrethrum, though? How, how should folks react towards those products? Well, you know, the pyrethroids do serve a purpose, and and there are purposes for using insecticides like that. There are times where you really need to use them, wasps' nests, things like that, and those can be very useful for that. It's this blanket prophylactic or preliminary mm-hmm. spraying and the excessive use of those. So what people will do is rather than a short burst from a can, they'll spray the whole thing. Yeah. And so it's an overuse as well. The pyrethrum can be very can be useful, especially if you do, you know, insect control starts with the planning of your yard, just like the ad you guys were talking about earlier. It's the planning of the yard and how to minimize the you know, how to not make your garden so it's only weeds growing and that garden being your whole yard. Mm-hmm. So these are tools that occasionally can be used, but there's very, it's rare that you really need to use those. There's a whole host of things, especially for like vegetable gardening, that you can use instead of these chemicals and, and feel more confident. Even if you have a small loss to insects, mm-hmm. the, you know, you're saving money on the cost of these chemicals as well. Uh, you know, far, it's, these things cost a lot of money. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm a supporter of the organic approach. There's, um, you know, Bonide has a product that is a, uh, a, a repellent for insects. That's a mix of four different, I think there's citronella. You just spray, you know, uh, cast it around your yard or your, your porch or your deck. It lasts for a couple of weeks. It's worked really well for me in the past. Well, do you remember what it's called? I think it's called Mosquito Beater. Okay. They also have uh, other, you know, there are organic products out there you can look at, like Spinosad, which is Captain Jack's dead bug brew. (laughs) And it works. Look, um, you know, uh, soapy water. Yeah. Uh, Physically removing. Japanese uh, beetles, yep. That's right. You know, uh, tomato hornworm. Mm -hmm. I remember my grandmother, my Slovak (laughs) grandmother, just picking those up and squeezing them like this. Or tossing them in the street. Yeah, tossing them. That's right. Toss them into your neighbor's yard. (laughs) That's right. So uh, all right, yeah. So those are so so. Be be careful. Know know what you're dealing with, and that's the important thing. You got to do a little research. You got to know. So when you walk into a store, the most important thing on the label is not kills bugs dead, exclamation mark exclamation mm-hmm. mark. It's look at the label and see what you're getting. And remember, people want to see that bug fall, and that's called KDR or knockdown ratio. They want to see that bug die right away. The more organic, the uh, less acutely toxic, take a little while Mm -hmm. so you don't get that immediate reward of spray and die. And that's something homeowners should be aware of, too. So give it a little time. Imagine, here's here's the other analogy. In baseball, you can get a run-in with a bunt uh, over a home run as well, okay? Sometimes that works. I love that. That's exactly right. We had really quick on labels because I know we want to talk uh, glyphosate. Question from KC about inert ingredients. What can they be, and are they regulated? Hi, KC. They're not often regulated, and in many cases, we don't know what they are because there's no regulations that have to have them reported. So in many cases... The inert. uh, The Mm -hmm. the so-called inert. And here's one. So with pyrethroids, there's a chemical that goes with it that that makes them more toxic called piperineal butoxide. And what that does is impedes the insect's ability to metabolize the pyrethroid. pyrethroid. Mm -hmm. To get it out of its system. That's right, to get it out of its system, and it isn't able to do that. 
that's an inert ingredient that has adverse effects. Mm-hmm. And so there's a whole host. There's um, ones that make it attached to the plant. There's ones that make them last longer. There's ones that make them move through your spray equipment easier. So, um, and often they're not discussed and they're not reported. Well, and from my reading of this, some uh, chemicals that are now considered inert were once considered uh, active chemicals. Or the opposite. And so both of it can go both ways. And if, unless we have a good registry, good information, and requirements for full disclosure, we won't know those inf- that information. They call it trade secrets. All right. What about Roundup? Uh, it's been in the news. There was a $2 billion judgment, the third uh, court case in a row that Monsanto and Bayer, which now owns Monsanto, lost. Um, I expect, and other people, I'm not the only one, uh, expect the $2 billion to be smacked down because it's it's way above what the limits are. But the jury obviously was, they were affected, they, they got... <laughs> they got convinced by uh, the lawyers, obviously, and they wanted to send a message. Uh, and we've had uh, Carrie Gillum on mm-hmm. the show who wrote her uh, book, Whitewashed, right. uh, about the uh, the science behind it and Excellent how point. the science was bought behind Roundup. So, uh, and, and not just Roundup, but glyphosate, that's the active ingredient. Well, and the falsification of toxicity testing goes all the way back to those organochlorines. There was a lab here in Illinois that, you know, had you, they had used for all the generation of, of data to get these pesticide registration, go, get them through, and it uh, they were falsifying them. So what do you tell people about glyphosate? Because you and I both know, because uh, you, you've been involved in restoration ecology, without uh, a tool like glyphosate, uh, a lot of that can't be done right now. And that's true. And so when it's a, a targeted, uh, you you brush it on to a cut stump or you are targeting mm-hmm. with an individual spraying, that's probably, that's a reasonable way to use that. And you're not likely to be exposed to it in the same way. That's exactly right. But what is happening with glyphosate, especially with genetically modified or, uh, crops, they didn't genetically modify them to use less glyphosate. They genetically modified them to deal with more because the weeds are resistant to it. So now you can add more chemical, more glyphosate, more uh, 2,4-D because the crop has that genetic modification that allows them not to die. So All it's right. a real issue with that. Uh, wow. Well, so here we go. We're at the end of the, we're, we're, and I, we need to get to dicamba. Well, okay? gonna, one other thing about the glyphosate. And you've got 45 seconds. It's on agricultural products, and it seems to have effects, adverse effects on gut microflora. Right. The bacteria in your gut, even at real low levels. So that's the, 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 the emerging toxic uh, stage that we're looking at. tie into any number of. Uh, brain diseases, too. A, a, a whole yes. host of things. Absolutely right. Yeah. So it could, if it can affect the gut bacteria of insects, it can do it of humans as mm-hmm. well, and probably right. other mammals and other critters, right? I thought you might be playing Rage Against the Machine after I'm talking here. <laughs> <laughs> no, this this is our standard out music. No. Uh, there's no, this is do. the machine we can't control. That's right. It just comes in. David J. Zaber, thank you. You're going to be back, right? Absolutely. We will do pleasure. Garden Chemicals 102. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We'll be back. Captain's Log, Stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf. Status report. Inexplicable, Captain. They appear to be 
perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Warp. Killer asparagus was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work, and so am I. Mike Novak was one of the smartest, funniest people in the horticultural world of the 21st century. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Edgar Allan Poe. Raven Gosplach, my favorite holiday dish. Thank you, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, options. It seems to be available online at aroundtheblockpress.com. Aroundtheblockpress.com. What do they have to say? Hmm, it appears that Mike Novak is a slapstick every gardener. I prefer my asparagus with a side of patach Mr. Wolf, are you joking? Actually, Captain, I believe he is choking. Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. All I need is good food to eat and make me healthy, wealthy, wide awake. Lettuce, tomatoes, root and bacon. What about those sweet potatoes? All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good food to eat. Welcome back All I need is good tools to, make to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. And we're getting some response here. Yeah, to we're our, getting quite a few. Uh, conversation with uh, David J. Zaber. Um, and uh, one of them, uh, I, I managed to uh, pull up on, I can't get <laughs> See, you're I, on your I, phone. I, I can go to my phone and get the Facebook page. I can't hear in the studio because the internet really stinks. No. Did it's, you see Lynette's post? Oh, uh, she's out in New Mexico. No, uh, where's that uh, one? She says thanks for having David speak on such an important topic. She's listening on TuneIn and Facebook from New Mexico. Ah, uh, that's great, Lynette. Um, and uh, Hector Garcia wrote, anyone running for office or currently in office that is bringing up glyphosate-related issues? I don't know. Um, it's, uh, it hasn't hit here because it uh, obviously – I don't know if there are lawsuits in Illinois. There probably are. Um, or they're I, pending. I, I don't know that that's an issue, although I, I have to admit uh, uh, a few years ago I testified at the MWRD about glyphosate. Um, and um, – <laughs> It's uh, it's always out there. The idea, and and I think David's point is is really well taken about it. It's it's the overuse, mm-hmm. not necessarily the use. It's the overuse because it can be a productive tool. Um, but when you're spraying it on all the farms and on all the crops and everything, and every dandelion in the neighborhood, exactly. And yeah, and that's the one that gets me is that you're buying it because you got that problem. Well, then you you got to. I don't know. I don't know. I don't or, even know what to say to you. Or learn to live with the dandelions. Yeah. Uh, and I saw that uh, Pam Richard uh, also wrote. Mm-hmm. You want to you wanna read that? So uh, Pam is... Um, I got it here if you don't have it. No, I'm trying to think. Oh, Eco-Justice. Thank you. Eco-Justice Justice Collaborative. Collaborative. Yes. Uh, and Pam's been on the show along with uh, Lan And Richard. we've been talking about coal ash mm-hmm. deposits on the Middle Fork of the Vermilion River in central Illinois, our only scenic river, designated National Scenic River in Illinois. With which Dynagy's been asked to remediate, and there's been a lot right. of and they want, that and they, they just want to dredge the river and uh, wreck the ecosystem, basically, there, instead of just removing the, uh, the coal ash. Yeah. So there's a um, state... Bill or Senate Bill 89, the Coal Ash Pollution Prevention Act, is coming up for a vote. And Pam asks, um, 
if our listeners can call the representatives this afternoon, Sunday, or first thing tomorrow morning, yes, Memorial Day, and ask them to vote yes for Senate Bill 9, the Coal Ash Pollution Prevention Act. It's going to provide safe closure for unlined leaking coal ash impoundments across Illinois. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's expected to be brought to the floor tomorrow by House sponsor State Representative Carol Ammons. If not tomorrow, then Tuesday. And yes, the House is in session, and so is the Senate. Yeah. Well, it's the end of the month. That's the way it works in Illinois is that they they do all this stuff in May. <laughs> and they cram it all Summer in vacation's just coming. before the end of the month. And then they, they get all that going. And, and, and uh, I'll tell you what, Ellie, uh, if we can get... Uh, that information on uh, the Facebook page, that would be excellent. Uh, I think if you go to Eco Justice Collaborative, uh, uh, their Facebook page, we can probably just do a share. And uh, that will, uh, and tweet that out, yeah. And Carol will have, or rather Pam, will have that information. And kudos to Carol Ammons uh, for sponsoring this. Uh, and kudos to the people who voted for it. Um, in the Senate, it passed the Senate, and now it's going to the House. And uh, I, I have to imagine that uh, Governor Pritzker will sign it if, if it makes so. it to his desk. Uh, we had a couple of other things uh, before we get to Oh, one of the things is I did not get to play this in the first hour. Uh, and uh, I don't know, Wait, where is it? Oh, is it here? Here it is. Uh, While we were talking about lawns, I didn't get a chance to play. Lawns are a soul-crushing time suck, and most of us would be better off without them. Okay. There you go. (laughs) I just had to. Phew, got that out. I know. Well, it's it's really important to to have that done. Shut up, Wesley. Okay. All right. Sorry. I just had had to play my toy once uh, during the show today, because I I, I might get to with our next guest, uh, Rick Moskowitz. Uh, we so, haven't heard, uh, well, never mind. Who? There's a lot of those we haven't heard lately. What? Oh, I know what you're talking about. You mean? Alan! Yes! Alan! Uh, <laughs> Alan! Alan! Al! Seems Alan. appropriate. Uh, yeah, it does. Uh, we're, we're on a search for something. <laughs> Alan! Uh, so, anyway. so, so a couple interesting things come across the desk this week. Um, one was from University of Illinois Extension Urban Ag Connect from Zach Grant who's announced a Master Urban Farmer Training Program through U of I Extension for 2019. Uh, It's coming up in June, begins June 19th, runs for approximately 11 weeks through August 28th, with one of those weeks meeting twice. Training is evenings every Wednesday, so certainly doable for a lot of people. Um, The direct link, you need to go to the U of I site. You could go to web.extension.illinois.edu and search for the Master Urban Farmer Farmer training application. Sounds cool. It does. So master I, gardener, master naturalist, now master urban gardener. Fantastic. I just got an email from Jan who says, Mike, thank you for this segment on chemicals. I have a sign that, that says my yard is child and pet friendly because I do not use chemicals. Basic common sense should tell you that glyphosate being a poison is bad. However, on Linda Chalker Scott's Garden Professor's blog, any comment saying glyphosate is a poison is immediately shut down because those in charge say glyphosate is hmm. proven harmless. This makes me sad. Why don't you contact her and have her defend this position, Jan? You know, maybe I will. I'll be honest with you. It's not proven anything. The jury is out. Anybody who says it's it's perfectly safe is is blowing smoke. All right. We're going to talk about home pests next on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. That's not just a tree in your yard. It's an investment. 
It's a windbreak. It's a natural work of art. It's part of the family, which is why you want Bartlett Tree Experts to care for your tree. With 120 offices worldwide, Bartlett is the largest residential tree care firm in the world, and their techniques are backed by the science of the Bartlett Research Laboratories. Call for a free estimate because every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. The fish are back, and we're talking koi. We'll be streaming live June 22nd from the annual MPKS Koi and Trade Show at the Max in McCook, Illinois. The show is June 21st through 23rd. Learn from the pros, including the water mopes, Dr. Passavoy and his water quality team at the Midwest Pond and Koi Society. Exhibits and seminars are free. Their 2019 Garden and Pond Tour is at the end of July, covering the entire Chicago area. Go to mpks.org. Winter snow isn't that far behind us, but the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards are already taking applications for this year's competition. Whether your garden is in your backyard, at a school, a church, a business, a community garden, or even an urban farm, you can enter as long as it's in the city of Chicago. Go to chicagogardeningawards.org and fill out an application. It's free, and your plot of paradise might be recognized as one of the best in the city. If you're looking to invest in an electrical car or truck, make sure to hire a state-licensed electrical contractor. The installation of that charger will require a permit in most municipalities. So make sure to check the ICC website for a certified contractor at icc.illinois.gov. You can also call DNR Services Unlimited. They've been a licensed electrical contractor since 1992. Visit their website at restorethenorthshore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. Cue the sound effects. That's all she wanted. End the sound effects. End the sound effects. That's a Carl. That's a, a, I I have a CD. And I don't think I, I think I put it away. I had it out here earlier called The Carl Stalling Project. And uh, it's all that music from the Looney Tunes Ah. cartoons uh, in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. And um, it's, it's, and that's from that. And it's remarkable. You got, you can have just a little bit of everything from uh looney tunes and someday i'm gonna just i have to go through but it's these all these sessions of them doing this stuff speaking of musicians though um and, and well uh. part-time musician mm-hmm. full-time uh pest control guy rick moskovitz is here in the studio i'm uh, here he's here he's here he's alive and he's got I'm his, alive. <laughs> and he's got his trickser for kids shirt <laughs> yeah. where do i get one of those i wore this on your show five years ago did so. you really yeah did you wash it since? No. Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, Rick Moskovitz is the uh, chief cook and bottle washer for a couple of, couple of companies. Uh, one is A-plus Pest Control, and the other is A-plus Natural Enzymes. We've had him on the show many times. We talk about... Last Memorial Day, to be specific. Exactly. What is this with us bringing people exactly a and year later? And then he later? was here the prior Memorial Day. Was he? Yeah. No. I think so. What, what is it about Memorial Days? But 
I don't know. You've Nobody di- else wants to come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. We talked about that earlier, too. It's, it's oh, I'm sorry. It's a holiday. I'm going to be, oh, I don't know, darning, darning a new, some new headgear or something. What? I don't know. I don't darning know. headgear? Don't you darn? I don't know. Whatever people do. I don't darn. <laughs> what do I know about darning? I don't know if anybody does anymore. All right. Now we're in trouble because Rick has pulled out his uh, guitar. Um, all right. Play a chord. Strum okay. A chord. You know, you asked me to do a real song. Well, yeah, but maybe, short, very maybe, short. Maybe we shouldn't launch into. Maybe we should tease people oh. and say, "Okay, let's hang on. We'll talk biz." Yeah, he just strummed twice. Now we'll tease him All with right, that. Yeah. All right. Let him know. Let him know the guitar's here. Strum a little bit. But you didn't bring the twelve string. It's oh, yes, string. it is a twelve string. Oh my goodness! Last wow. summer I couldn't play it. Remember? I can't. I, I can't count anymore. I was looking. At, I had to. I was looking at the strings and I couldn't well, see double 12. strings. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Got to look at the tuning pegs. Uh, whatever you do, do it in the key of C, please. No, this I'm kidding. This is G. Oh, G's fine, too. Uh, we'll get to it. All right, that's all you get for now, folks. But all right, that's it for now. I put it away? Thanks for listening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, and somehow, I don't know why, Looney Tunes and Rick Moskowitz just seem to go together. <laughs> and the together. Tricks Rabbit. And the Tricks Rabbit. It's all it's all of one. Where's the camera? Okay. They can't, you're, there's your, your camera. Your camera's right there. Okay, hi. You uh, can see yourself up there. For kids. Yeah. You're right here. Okay. We had we had the extra cam the Peggy cam working earlier in the week and of course the way it works here is you come in and it doesn't work and if you come by during the week and you it works. you set it up it'll work great and then you come in on a Sunday and it's broken this is the way it works I don't think it's broken it just vanished oh, poof whatever. gone disappeared okay. uh, <laughs> oh by the way I see the Casey Tomato was sending us direct messages I haven't looked at any of them. But, Casey, while I've got you here, and I know you're listening to the show, we want you to be on next week. <laughs> I didn't write to you, so I'm just telling you on the air. Uh, we want to talk. talking tomatoes. We want to talk tomatoes because I'm growing some of your tomatoes, and they look great right they're, now. They're starting to flower. At least mine are. Uh, mine are a little behind. Uh, I don't know. We did not. I think it, our house is so cold that it's stunted our tomatoes this year. But now that we've got them outside, they're just rocking. And uh, so we got some great tomatoes uh from Casey Tomato, who who breeds mm-hmm. them himself. So, uh, put the I didn't even read your messages. Peggy will do that, but because we want to talk to Rick Moskovitz from A Plus Pest Control and A Plus Natural Enzymes, and you even have your your visual aids here. We'll have to hold them up because they're behind the counter and and people can't see it. But okay. and you got and you wanted uh, well this time of the year. It's been a cool spring, hasn't it? And, and wait a second before we do that. All right, I. You're you're like Mr. Death Defying guy lately. It's like you keep uh, keep try- <laughs> you keep trying to check out, but it's not going to no. happen. Not you. No, he's got no. a thousand lives. You've been plus. in the hospital well, last year when I was on. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had strep pneumonia. Right. Who has my, strep pneumonia? In, in my really? brain, my blood, and my lungs. Yeah, and uh, that almost got me. <laughs> I survived that. That was on your show and. and uh, you survived and, being on the show too. And then, <laughs> turns out I had a leaking heart valve also. Uh, uh, well, uh, uh, which which was related mm-hmm. to the strep pneumonia. They, they right? thought so, yeah. So then they had to do heart surgery this past February. When? Feb- Holy smoke! You shouldn't even be here right now. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> and he's back with his guitar. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know it's amazing because I uh, I had a, a, what's called a mitral valve replaced. Yeah. Which is a leaky. It's like a toilet. You know, it's, it's an overflow. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Giving, it was bloating me uh-huh. and giving me a, a GMO, they call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. 
And when I when I got into the operation, the doctor was going to replace it. Yeah, found out that they actually was able to, they were able to repair it. There was really? a two percent chance of that. Wow! Wow! And uh, so good the doctor you. doesn't understand it either. But he so it saved it. it saved you money on the part, right? So that's that's the whole point. It's like anytime you can go to the auto guy and say the old part works perfectly well, just put it back in. Okay, that's good. Right? Now I've been rehab at Evanston Hospital, and I'm exercising. You know, with the they've got you on treadmill a, a, a regimen three times a week. Mm-hmm. You do great. Three, you look three, great. I yeah. want to give a shout out to those. Uh, they're called uh, exercise physiologists. There's three of them. Okay, plus others at and, Evanston and, Hospital. Evanston Hospital. Okay. There's a, a nurse there all the time. There are two nurses. Uh, uh, respiratory therapist is there, mm-hmm. so they exercise and they use weights and stuff. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, the staff there. I when I had my little run in, uh, uh, I wasn't so crazy about the doctor, but the staff was wonderful. Yeah, uh, at Evanston Hospital, they were uh, they were fantastic, just the the nicest people and really helpful. So good for you. And I'm they want to see you, they want to see you healthy. Yeah, uh, so they can get you out of there. Okay, because right. well, you probably threatened to play guitar. So I sing. <laughs> and sing. And, and tap dance. Uh, That's so right. It's like, okay, let's get them out of here. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, this is the time of year when folks start to complain about various bugs, critters coming right. into their homes, like ants. Little sugar ants all over the place. Yeah. Right. Uh, mine go into my honey. So I've had to hide my honey on the highest ah. shelf, and I put it... I, what I do with my honey jar now, I've, I've learned the hard way, is I put it in a glass container and then put it way up on the shelf, and then I don't mm-hmm. have any problems with it. But That's right. It's a harder for Kathleen to reach, but I, I can get up oh. there. <laughs> uh, um, but there, you do this safely. And, you know, it's interesting. We were talking uh, in the previous. You met David yes, uh, as he was going out. And, uh, yeah, he's wonderful. But And you're kind of in the same line trying to tell people how do you do this safely? And for people in their homes, you know, it's one thing, to, as, I, as we were saying out in the lobby, it's one thing for folks to be spraying stuff in their backyard and then they go inside and shut the door. It's another when you go inside, shut the door, and then you spray. And then you're breathing it. And then you're yeah, tasting it. And... Yeah. And, and that's right. what you're all about is to get people to stop doing that stuff. And you've been doing this since 1979. Right. Long time. Uh, but uh, the chemicals have changed over the years. How well, would you... we, we use that. He talked about chlorpyrifos and organophosphates and yeah. chlorinated hydrocarbons and DDT and things like that. And uh, we used a lot of that stuff when I started in 1979. And but did you start it... as a safe product? No. No, no you started. I didn't, tra- didn't know yeah. about that. Yeah, when you did were... you change over? Uh, we started changing. I've always been innovative. You know me a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh and I always look for the easiest way to do it that's safe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and works. Got to work, too. Yeah. So we really started probably doing the green stuff early 90s. Ah, that's pretty early. That's, yeah. That's, pretty early. You probably were about the only company out there doing it like that. I well, I, we don't have the bureaucracy being a smaller company. Yeah. And so, we can change fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can experiment. Well, what... what what do you remember being the first chemical you got rid of in of in, ants. Fa- in favor of something other? Is there an ant on there? <laughs> oh. I think he brought them with him. Is, holy smoke. I wouldn't dare. Uh, do you remember what what might have changed over first? Uh, I think it was things like ants and uh, 
things that we wanted. But to... what we're using for ants? We were using baits. Yeah, but at, with at the chemicals. Well, uh, probably organophosphates or pyrethroids. We hmm. talked about. Yeah, those were the latest things. Pyrethrum, the the natural product right. comes from from a, uh, a chrysanthemum. chrysanthemum. Right. In a did not have a residual, does not have a residual. Right, and that's the point David was making, is that that's why, you know, you'd use it and it goes away, and then... You... But there's something about pyrethrin, too. It's, in, in, in nature, it's not stable. Mm-hmm. So when they put it into a bottle... When, it, when it's when it's exposed to sunlight, I think. Right, yeah. so when they put it into a bottle, they add other chemicals, which are regular chemicals, to stabilize it. So even if you're using pyrethrin, which is natural, it's got a synergist with it that changes it. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, speaking of ants, then what kind of products did you go to in terms of dealing with ants? Well, we used the uh, pyrethroids mainly yeah, outside. I'm, but when, uh, outside. And we started getting, inside we started using cedar oil at some point. Uh, so you've been, yeah. And that's kind we started of, with enzyme products. All right. And uh, and now you, uh, you you like cedar oil. Explain uh, about cedar oil because I'm a fan of your cedar oil. What it does and how you should use it. Right, cedar oil is a uh, comes from a, a a cedar tree in Texas, which uh, is actually a gin tree. A what? Uh, a juniper tree. Juniper. Okay. Gin, which has gin, which gin. they make yeah. gin from the yeah. bee, the berries, yeah. gin berries, and it's it's really what they call a garbage tree. Which means it has no worth other than that, and they, they whoever squeezes the tree, the tree does not appreciate you saying. No, that, I don't. I meant it has no other use. No, no, but, but you know, but the, you know, if people in the biz, they talk about junk trees, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes these are junk trees, especially. Right. Right. I had one show up in my backyard, yeah, um, a decade ago. I let it grow for eight nine years, and then I cut it down and used it as a Christmas tree. A couple. Right. Of, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So, but but it's they use the berries to make gin. Right. And they get the cedar oil. It is a cedar-type tree. It's not the cedars of Lebanon. The cedars in California mm-hmm. is different. It's the Texas cedars. Right. And, and on your show a few years ago, somebody asked me the question, is your cedar product, are your cedar products, which are, are here, uh, are they safe for my, my cats mainly? Yeah. And natural products can hurt cats even. Yes, of Even course. cedar oil, but not this cedar oil. Well, you have you have uh, two versions of this: one for spray, one for spraying outside, and then one and, away. and one for the animals. And, right? And the difference is, uh, water and oil doesn't mix when you mix it. Yeah, and you can't mix it; they don't mix together. All right. Uh, so, so what they do? Yeah, is... Ellie's going to take some photos. <laughs> okay, I, I, this is an Instagram moment, okay. right, Ellie? <laughs> yeah. Okay. In any case, they, they, they don't, uh, it doesn't mix. So you need something. So we use ethyl lactate. Okay. Ethyl lactate is corn. All right. It's a corn solvent. All right. So when you mix oil and ethyl lactate, the cedar, yeah. it changes it and turns it white. All right. But makes it stable. Makes and it and is this what you use on uh, pets? It's very, very safe. And, and, and how do you use it on a pet? I mean, you pet. just spray and wipe it yeah, in? Yeah, you can. You can. You can spray it. It will. Our our formula uh, for animals. She took it away. But here's a mosquito repellent. If you spray this on you, I I now I use your mosquito repellent. I uh-huh. use the cedar Cedars. oil, and I yeah, love I've it. Yeah, I used it too. Yeah. And, and, and this this has got a little bit less 
ethyl lactate in it than the product we spray with. And and you and when you spray it on, you smell like a cedar chest. Okay, basically, you smell you, good. Yeah, you you know what? Anybody anybody who's ever bought a cedar chest and you put your your linens in it or whatever, yeah. so the moths won't get it because yeah, the wool moth, sweaters, right? Because insects uh, don't like the odor and they'll stay. And that's what cedar chests were all about. Right. You use this, it brings back that smell, and it's so wonderful. I love that smell. And yeah. you don't have moths following you either. And, and, <laughs> no. no. And they usually do. <laughs> if, you, if you're sometimes if you're in the park and a, a mosquito hits you, it might run into your hand. But it can't. It, it blocks the scent. It's a. It's called a pheromone. Is that, oh, is yeah. that what it does? Okay. It blocks the scent basically. To, so, so the, the the mosquito may. Now, now I will say, I will say, in all fairness, that it doesn't last as long as D. No, it doesn't. Uh, but and so you need to reapply. But it's like putting on something really nice. Uh, it's a nice uh, uh, and it's aroma. It's not going to mess up. Your clothing, either. Uh, no. no. And you uh, can spray this on your skin legally. And you're not going to suck up DEET into your body. Yes. You should okay. not put DEET. If you read the label on products with DEET, you should not spray those on your skin. You're supposed to put you. it on your clothing. Right. Okay. And, and it could stain your clothing. And, of course, with, with uh, kids much younger and people slather their kids with DEET, and they have these uh, low DEET products mm-hmm. now but the point is when uh children absorb chemicals more readily than adults do and that's part of the deal right. as well so this is why i'm a fan of the cedar oil now we've got like uh, a minute here before we break okay um and we'll start and then we'll finish how do you use it for ants uh around the house okay house? We, we have a, the, what we use is a concentrate and people can buy these from us or we use it on our pest control side mm-hmm. and this product is made for spring comes in a large size also for mm-hmm. refill. Okay. This is a four-ounce bottle, which makes eight ounces of this makes 20 gallons with a garden hose. If you spray this around your house, three feet up, six feet out, you'll keep the ants and other insects from coming in. We also use it for uh, people having parties. It keeps the mosquitoes away. And because you did, for a while, Northerly Island. Northerly Island. You had the contract did. to Northerly Island, and this is what you were spraying, right? This is what we were spraying. You know, I'm telling you, all those people going to concerts going... It smells like my cedar chest out here. Why is that? Well, that smell goes away after a couple hours. I know. I know. But <laughs> I'm just imagining that. Okay. That's Rick Moskowitz <laughs> from A-plus Pest Control and A-plus Natural en- Enzymes. We'll have a performance when we come back. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Maletti. Over 8,000 chemicals are used to turn raw material into clothes, many of which are toxic to the environment, local water, and the workers who handle them. In a Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. Consumer demand for cheap, fast fashion has created clothing that is produced in third-world sweatshops by employees working in unsafe conditions for less than a fair wage. Here are some tips for having a more eco-friendly and conscious wardrobe. Buy organic cotton. Producing just one T-shirt made from traditionally grown cotton takes a whopping one-third pound of toxic pesticides. Reduce, reuse, and recycle. Rock the vintage green divas and dudes. Consignment is cool. Go vegan for accessories. Many designers are creating animal-friendly bags, belts, and shoes. I'm Green Diva Meg. Listen to over 500 Green Divas podcasts and learn lots of low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green at thegreendivas.com. 
This is Mike Novak. Serious and even not so serious gardeners in the Chicago area know that there's a year-round resource that always comes in handy. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine. It's the garden magazine for our region, and it's packed with information about plants indoors and out. Every issue contains insightful articles by gardening pros, fantastic photos, science, and more. With features like what to do in the garden, design tips, and Chicagoland natives, you're going to be ready to grab a trowel and dig. Even I have a column in the inside back page of every issue. It's practically fact-free, and I'm proud of it. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. Go to chicagolandgardening.com and get a subscription. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600. If people ask me how I survived, this is Rick, and they ask me how I survived, and uh, you'll recognize this melody. All right. But sing with me. If I can. There's a secret of a life I'm told. Gotta keep moving. Gotta take heart. Gotta take hold. Keep on moving. There's a secret of a life I'm told. Get, uh, just suck down some of that cedar oil. That, that'll, that'll take care of that. Uh, uh, that that's Michael rolled the boat ashore with a different... Mm-hmm. Oh, see, I didn't know that. I caught that, but I didn't know the words you were saying. Got to keep moving. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I'm in rehab right now, and the way you get better is exercise. Uh, keep moving. Exactly. Ah, keep moving. And, and, and there, there may be a jingle in our future here uh, before the show is over. Maybe. As well. Maybe. Uh, probably. All right, let's <laughs> put it that way. Probably. Perhaps. All right. That's, that's Rick Moskovitz from A-Plus <laughs> Pest Control, Inc. Uh, if you want that information about those kinds of products and, you know, if you're not there, you've got uh, your... Well, Patrick is... Patrick the, is the number one man there. Patrick and is the office manager, and when I wasn't there for a few months... He took over, huh? He has been there, and he's been there every day. He's a good guy. Mm-hmm. Now he's in Wisconsin this weekend. He's taking a deserved yeah. time. Okay, right. so I have an answer. Wait, 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 wait. We got to give the uh, the website a plus pest dot com dot com, and you can go to uh, a plus natural enzymes dot com. Yeah, there's there. a link. There's a link for each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. really. If you go to one or the other, you can find the other yeah. site. All right. So, getting back to the ants. Yeah. So you start seeing ants for a little while, and then they disappear, and then they come back. Yeah. And then they disappear. A lot of it has been it's been wet too. Yeah, but. When they just disappear and they keep coming back, are they actually still in the home somewhere? Yeah, yeah they are. How do you track them down? And why okay. do they go away? Okay. <laughs> when you do an outside service or, or treatment yourself or we, we do it for you, mm-hmm. yeah. you're making it repellent. Okay. So they can't get out. If they're already inside... Wait, wait, wait. You when you say you make it... So you, you, you ring the house... You ring the house. It's a and perimeter so, with the... With the with the cedar oil. Mm-hmm. With the cedar oil. So they oil. won't so, go so crawling up your home and get in some no, other place. No, so the, that's a barrier. It keeps them, yeah. uh, right. uh, uh, the outside ants from getting in, but it also keeps the inside ants from getting, getting out. Getting out, yeah. Once right. you've been inside, once they've got them inside. So ants live by pheromones. 
Mm-hmm. They move. They, they come. The queen, the nest is in the ground. There's thousands of ants mm-hmm. in the ground or in the wall, somewhere in the house. And we built on them. Remember that? They were there first. <laughs> I always say that. Right. So they're going to they're gonna take any food they have and go back to the nest. Okay. In the, and feed the queen who will feed the rest of the colony. All right. And if you spray anything repellent, which is raid or even cedar oil inside, you will make it repellent. And you'll block the pheromone, the scent that they move by. Okay. And what, if, if at this time of year you get swarmers, they're called. Swarmers are winged ants, if you look at the picture of the wings. So winged ants are reproductive. They're potential mm-hmm. queens. And so they will form new nests. They got no, if they've got nowhere to go because you blocked their way of getting back. Uh, and if they're trapped inside, they're going to form a new nest so inside. So you may end up with five or ten nests. Oh, my make goodness. It worse. Okay. So how do you get them out well, of you the should, house? You should really use a bait. And you can buy that in the store. That's what we use. Mm-hmm. Gels, which are very safe. Do you, do you have a particular product that you like? Uh, I, look, I like Combat, which is which is a brand I recommend to people. And those are you just those little plastic They, they make things. base stations, yes, yeah. you can use those. Yeah. I use them in my, in my own house. Okay. I use the brand we use mm-hmm. for pest control. But uh, this is, everyone gets ants, even me. So, and they go away. But you got to be patient when you're using mm-hmm. natural stuff. So you, Combat uses... Natural stuff. It's it's close. Okay. Okay. We're in it's the not, ball. It's, it's in the ballpark. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a safe. It's natural-ish. It's, it's very safe. Uh-huh. And so they'll eat the bait, and it takes time for them to get back to yeah. the nest. So you don't want... People start spraying when they see the ants moving. It's going to make them move around. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, basically you're like moving chess pieces across a board, yeah. right? So, so you want to be patient whenever you use natural products, especially. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, that's what David was saying in the first hour. It's, it's like they want, what was that drop-dead effect? Uh, I forget what he called it. He had a, uh, yeah. an acronym for it. It's like they, people want to see the insect drop dead right. in front of them. Right. Exactly. Which is kind of, kind of uh, sadistic anyway. But, yeah. They so, want that instant gratification that they killed it. You know, get over yourselves, people. Please, just get over yourselves. And uh, Patrick, when you, if you talk to him on the phone, he'll tell you, give it a couple of weeks to work. Yeah. When we come out to service, it will work. Okay. It has to work. We wouldn't be in business. Right. right. Exactly. You've been in business for 40 years, so there you go. Uh, in fact, this is your 40th anniversary this year. If, uh, if, what's my, since I've been in the business. Oh, personally. since you've been in. All right. Fantastic. So, uh, why? Did, was the company owned by somebody else at the time? I, I actually sold the company once. Oh, did you? Start all over again. Huh. I'll be darned. Hmm. Okay. Didn't know that. Different. I didn't know that either. Some it was the same were... name, though. All right. So you've got ants. Now, the other thing is uh, termites. Okay. The difference between ants and termites. In Chicago, we have one kind of termite. They're called subterranean, underground. Okay. You only see of them, if they go above ground, they die. They get dehydrated in the air. So when we do, we do inspections. Is anybody listening that does you know, real estate people? We, we, we do By the way, you can give him a holler. Just go to aplusspest.com. Right. All right. Right. And so they make mud tubes in the basement. You'll see them. Mm-hmm. And in the mud, they come up the mud tube. They, they, they forage for wood mm-hmm. or that kind of thing, wood, cardboard, things like that. 
go back and bring it to the queen. Okay? It's all about the queen. Right. So you, you, only, you only can treat termites underground. You can't treat them above ground. You can't kill them above ground. So the difference between people think they have answer to termites, some companies will scare people to tell them they have termites. Or they have carpenter ants, which are the big black ants, generally, mm-hmm. <laughs> up to a half an inch. Right. right. And those ants do chew wood. They don't eat wood. They're not termites. But they do damage wood. And if you've got, if you had a, but you probably you have a, soft wood to begin with, right? Somewhere. If you had a leaky roof, or you have some some damage in your windows or stuff, termites, uh, carpenter ants will come in and chew. They don't eat, though. They still got to have honey. So you have to have compromised wood to begin with for right. for yeah, carpenter ants. There's rot somewhere, yeah, in and the they're home. probably living in the tree outside. Well, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago about the the tree and the ants in the mm-hmm. tree, and people say, "Oh, the ants are killing my tree," and it's no, they're no. they're taking advantage of the fact that right. there's already rot there. Well, it, it, you should, what you should do though is cut the branches away from they're overhanging the house, mm-hmm. so, oh, they won't drop, it, so, so they won't drop. So they drop in. They parachute in. Actually, <laughs> they just uh, commandos come. So, out so the actually, if you have a barrier at the base of your home, which you've got a tree, right. you can still get the ants in. The ants can still go drop you drop. Yeah. The top. We have okay. You're, you're going to love this, Rick, uh, from Catherine, who writes on Facebook. I buy the cedar oil by mail. I am in Wisconsin, so another satisfied customer. There you go. Thank you. Yes, uh, and, and I'm telling you, it's great stuff. I love the cedar oil. Anyway, but back to, back to termites. So let me ask you a question about that because I'm kind of ignorant of this. Um, do we really have serious? termite problems in the Chicago area. I know that in places like Louisiana, they can, they'll take down your house. But well, they, they have different kinds of termites down there. I know. They we, have subterranean, you have just the one. Subterranean are basically all over the country. Yeah. But we only have subterranean termites, and they're not as hard to get rid of, except for you don't have to treat them underground. They use baits underground. They but do they cause significant damage in Oh, your house can fall down. Really? So they can, yes. do, they can do that here, too? It's slow, though. It's very slow. Okay. What? That was actually a question of can I buy oh, the cedar oil by mail? Oh, can yes. I buy? Go oh, to yes. the website or call us. Okay. All right. So go to apluspest.com. And, you and then can, click on the A plus natural enzymes logo. Uh, the a Get plus, the other website. And, okay. Tell us about what are natural enzymes. What is that product? Enzymes is a, a grown yeast product uh, mixed with sil- uh, not silica. It's mixed with salts, which are pesticides. People don't know the table salts of pesticide, mm-hmm. sodium chloride. And so we have three different salts that we mix with enzymes, and it kills bugs. It's a, it's a, it's a really good shampoo, even, our, even that product or our cleaning product. You've showed me before. You've come into the studio with the natural enzymes, and, you, and, you, and you would wipe it on your hands, and you yeah. put it on your face and go, see, it's yeah. all natural. Any, any of our products you can wipe on your face. Right, but they do attack. They sort of, the insects dissolve, don't they? Yeah, it's, it's good for your skin. Your your skin will not dissolve, I folks. I can't say that <laughs> legally. Uh, you can't. You can't say it. there's a. You but know, you may wish to consider using. Hey, it Hey, listen. Way. I know a lot of horticultural products that do really interesting things, and they can't say it legally. Yeah. Because uh, you know that's not in the product name, but you know, like you use malorganite, the the deer stay away. That's all I got to well, tell even you. Even like this product here, the headlights product we make. The headlights product is actually. Uh, you can't say kill because I didn't. I don't know if you know if it has. That's a moose. That's like pest eliminator made as a right. moose. Uh, and 
this product, you can't say kill because head lice by the government is a disease. Not an, not insect. an insect. That's interesting. Even though it is an insect. Very strange. So I it's the no FDA, idea. the Food and Drug Administration, that regulates this product. And it says it eliminates if you read the label. So this is good, though. You have products for head lice. You have products for uh, uh, termites. You have products for ants. We don't, you have, not termites. Really. Not termites? All right. But you will come out and do t- yeah, termite we'll do control. In, in but, but bed bugs as well. Right. Um, and bed bugs have been become – you said that we're no longer number one in Chicago. Well, we're still up at number four or five we're, or something like that. Yeah, but we were number one. We're bed bug problem you in the country. You feel bad or what? Hmm. Yeah, I hate not being number <laughs> one. Uh, so, uh, but you will also deal with bed bugs safely. Yes. Uh, grab your guitar there, dude. Uh, we're going to get a little jingle before we get out of here because we've got 60 seconds here. So right. he's going to put that on. And then when we come back, we'll uh, we'll talk about uh, City Grange before we get to... Uh, Rick right. Moskovitz. Uh, what do you got for us there, Rick? Do I, do I have to sing along with you? I mean, can, yeah, you, you can, can I sing along with you? All right. If you've got ants, if you've got mice, you've got roaches, don't think twice. Oh, me. We, we do, do it like we live there. Talk about timing. Segways right into the out music. Rick Moskovitz from A Plus Pest Control and A Plus Natural Enzymes. Always a pleasure having you on. Thank I ge- you. I guess next Memorial Day you'll be back. I'll be alive still. Want to put more life into your backyard soil? The folks at Blazing Star Nursery were amazed at how biologicals from a company called Tinyo helped transform a barren former cornfield to a vibrant native landscape. Now they recommend those products to home gardeners. Tinyo's microbial, mycorrhizal fungi and enzymes can be used on all types of crops to improve plant health and overall production. Go to blazing-star.com and while you're there, check out their pollinator packets. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Ego Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color, perms, and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne Keratin Smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at organicrootsecosalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. Do you love trees? Do you have a great story to tell about a special tree in your life? The Morton Arboretum and Openlands have partnered to launch Tremendous Tree Stories, an online collection of stories highlighting people's connection to trees. Submit stories of the trees you cherish, remember from childhood, or that hold a special meaning for you. Browse the collection and consider sharing your own tree story by visiting tree-stories.org. Tree-stories.org. I can't think of a better song 
before we get to Richter Mile, then no rain. It's uh, all. <laughs> oh, and, and there he goes. He hung up. He hung up on us because he heard the song. Okay. Well, I'm sorry, Rick. I didn't mean to play that song for you. All right. We'll get back to him. In... He turned on his heel and left. He just said, I'm out of here. <laughs> hey, it's Memorial Day weekend. Already? I know. Wow. I cannot believe it because, you know, we got our first, like, 70s and 80s here. It's just nuts. But it's snowing next week, isn't it? It is. Absolutely. That's why I'm going to put my tomatoes in the ground, and Casey will tell us how to protect them from the snow. Uh, Memorial Day weekend is here, and at City Grain, Chicago's newest and most unique garden center, the annual, perennial, and native area is full. I was there the other day. Oh, my goodness, do they have a lot of plants the organic kitchen garden collection is full. The butterfly island is full of milkweed and other butterfly-loving plants. The pink room is full of topiaries and very special succulents and sexy rexy begonias. Mm-hmm. Uh, City Grange is open seven days a week. They're 9 to 5 today, 10 to 5 tomorrow on Memorial Day, so stop by. And, of course, there's complimentary valet. On weekends, 5500 Northwestern Avenue at Catalpa, City Grange, Learn, Shop, Blossom. This is the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We got a a quick question about ticks. Okay, Uh, and Rick is back, by the way. And Rick says that uh, your cedar oil will keep ticks away too, right? Okay, good. And also for Catherine, um, because I can't respond to you for some reason on Facebook, yes, you can go to... A plus natural enzymes.com to order the cedar oil. Okay, there we go. So let's bring in meteorologist Rick DeMaio while we're talking about no rain. Does that work on uh, pets, guys? On pets? Yes. Yes. He's got a, a pet. Oh, great. He's got a pet version that is very friendly to your pets and uh, it, it makes them smell like a cedar <laughs> chest. It's, it's the coolest thing ever. Uh, no, but it actually it actually if, does. It's, if animals uh, if animals could talk, right? What's my dumb what, human doing to me now? Uh, yeah, and you have a special name for that, don't you? We call it. Uh, it's called the Samson's Choice. Samson's Choice. Why yeah. is it Samson's Choice? Because uh, oh, okay. my office manager, remember? Yes, yes. April, who moved to Colorado with her little dog Samson. Oh, right. That was her little dog, Samson. Yeah, and so they used it it's on... a real the... dog. He's still alive. Oh, that's good. That's because he you gave him the cedar oil. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it. it doesn't hurt text. <laughs> hi, Mike. Uh, uh, Rick, say hi to Rick. Hi, Rick. <clears throat> hi, Rick, as I look in the mirror. Uh, <laughs> nah, uh, uh, Rick Moskowitz and Rick DeMaio. Uh, Rick uh, DeMaio, uh, we got a very interesting email from our friend Pat Scatch. Uh, yesterday, I got one from him the other day, and he was talking about the folks. He's got a farmer friend in Kankakee in Livingston counties who's got 60, mm-hmm. yeah. 60 acres planted out of 5,000. 5,000, yeah, and that's about, that's about right. When you look across the um, state of Illinois, which is 75%, believe it or not, agricultural, that will be a shock to a lot of people who live in the Chicagoland area. You get outside your own neighborhood and you go, holy smoke, there's farms everywhere. Um, <laughs> it's, it's pretty daunting because last week's farm report, it comes out every Monday, and I don't know if this week is going to come out on Monday due to the fact that it's a holiday. We'll see. We'll find out tomorrow, and I'll forward it to you guys. Um, the week before, 11% of the corn was planted. Last week, 24 And when you compare that with the long-term average, 
long-term average is about 86. And as of this time last year, we were at 95. Wow. And that was last week. This week, I would think we're probably going to get up to about maybe I would say we're probably going to be somewhere between 30 and 35 percent, mm-hmm. which is still an incredibly low number. And, and the problem with that number, though, it's now later and later in the year, and that number is now spread to parts of Missouri, Indiana, Ohio, uh, but really more western parts of Ohio. Ohio is still actually doing pretty well, and most of Iowa. So this is why I talk about the summer of 1993, and I've been talking about this now for over a month with the way the pattern has been setting up and the conditions that have led up to it being a cold spring, a wet spring, and also a snowy spring. And when you have those three things combined before you have a very, very wet second half of the spring, you have catastrophic results for the farmers in the Midwest. And I'm not talking disastrous, guys. I'm talking catastrophic. Yikes. And and this guy that uh, our friend Pat wrote about is uh, trying to decide whether he will file a preventive planting insurance claim, but he's got until June. No he's got until June fifth to make that happen. And we're we've got rain scheduled for for the next week or so, don't we? Yeah, the pattern the pattern kind of relaxes a little bit, only because it turns somewhat drier. Uh, and cooler, which is not what they want. What the farmers want right now is some really hot, dry weather uh, to evaporate some of that soil moisture. So even if it doesn't rain, the last thing you want is cloud cover and cool weather because you want to be able to uh, take hold of the benefits of the hydrologic cycle. Remember, we all learned that back in seventh grade. When you have sunshine, you have evaporation. When you have sunshine and dry weather, you have increased evaporation. When you have sunshine, dry weather, and windy weather, you have increased evaporation. So what the farmers need are days where you can actually work in the field. Last, uh, last week, um, Mike and Peg, they had an average across the state of Illinois, get this, 2.5 days of field work. That's nothing. That means that four and a half days the farmers sat and did absolutely zilch. Because part of the problem is you can't get the equipment into the field. Mm-hmm. So think about yeah. it when... when you know, your, your normal, you know, kind of a weekend warrior gardeners go, well, it's too wet, I can't do that, let me work on the pots. Farmers don't have pots. They actually have to get down into the soil and get this stuff turned around so they can plant. And if you start to not plant after about the 26th or 27th of May, you basically are now looking at record acreage of what we call non-planted fields. And I think that's going to be something you'll hear in the news over the next couple of days. And then that will then determine whether or not the farmers can then apply for assistance. And I, I see that happening. This is not good for them, not at all. No. This, uh, this, as you said, this could be catastrophic. And meanwhile, I saw, I wasn't aware of this, uh, and yesterday I happened to catch it, uh, a heat wave in the southeast part of the country. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and if, you go, if you go back and look at 1993, that's exactly what was happening. You had an early heat wave in the southeast. You had very wet weather across the Rocky Mountains. And right in the middle, basically from Texas up into Kansas and up into all the central plains, you had incredibly wet weather. And all that wet weather is now going to be moving southward, so you're going to have record flooding. And you always hear about flooding after the rains have stopped. And that's just the way it goes. But if you look at parts of the Central Plains in the Midwest, they've had in some areas, get this, 750% normal rainfall since the month of May in parts of Oklahoma and Kansas. That's phenomenal rain. And on top of that, it hasn't stopped. So between the flooding, 
uh, and parts of the problem that it's going to get uh, cool again. Um, I think we're looking at 1993 all over again, which ended up being, get this, a $15 billion loss to the farmers. And what you're going to end up seeing is not only the rivers overflowing, uh, but people's houses being washed away, but then you're going to start to see mud and silt collect on some of these farms. And when you have mud and silt from someone else's farms, your farm is ruined not only for 2019, but half of 2020 as well. And wow. you're getting their chemicals, too. Yeah. Yeah, you get yeah, there's, there's a whole peg. There's so many different elements from flooding. Flooding is, without a doubt, I think the worst natural disaster because it affects so many people in so many different ways. But when you have it happen in the Midwest, it's not something that you go, oh, my God, look, it's going to flood. You typically don't really know about it until yeah. about you're halfway or two-thirds of the way through it. So when people say, why are you getting so excited, or not excited, but so upset about this? Because when you see patterns in the past, and they look right. like this is we're, repeating. We're out of time, Rick. Rick, some, some, I'm sorry. Uh, we're out of time. So we we got to go. <laughs> I, I, missed, I missed the 30-second cue, guys. Well, we didn't have it. We were just listening. We were uh, wrapped. So we'll, we'll talk to you next week, and we'll talk more about this, okay? Take care. Until next time, go green or go home. Uh, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.